Yo, 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 let's go. It's the Great Debate Show with your host, myself, Jarvis Jeffries, along with Terrence Smith and Nick Ely. We back. We better than ever in the building, baby. It's the good guys. The Great Debate Show is back, and we are available wherever you get your podcast. Hit the follow button to be notified each and every time a new episode is available. And now we want to talk about the NBA Finals. Uh, game one and game two has now been played and over. We get ready for game three on Wednesday and um, a few days off as they take it back to South Beach. Guys, we talked about the NBA Finals, who would win. Some people think that the some people thought that the Denver Nuggets would sweep the Miami Heat, and some people like you two thought that you know Denver would do it in five. Well, that's still possible, but if the Miami Heat are only going to win one game, they already got it, and they stole it in game two. So we're going to talk about it. Guys, how y'all feeling, man? Hey, I uh, I personally feel great. Uh, looks like we have ourselves a little bit of a series, <laughs> so I'm even better about that. And I, and I tell everybody why I'm, I'm really great. We just, you know, of course, talked about it a little bit uh, coming up pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Nick, how you doing, man? Do we still got Nick? We might have lost Nick. I don't know. Uh, oh. Let me let's find let's find out. No, Nick is still here. Oh, sorry, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, guys. Sorry, I'm here. All right. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, yeah, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Okay, okay. All right, Terrence. Well, I know you got a lot for us. Well, not a whole lot uh, going on right now, uh, but we do got the finals. A few uh, NBA coach hirings and, uh, you know, a few uh, signs, a few NFL yeah. signings also uh, going on in the offseason with football. So, yeah, uh, yeah, let us have it, T. Yeah, so, look, we're going to keep going to start it off pretty simple. How do you guys feel about the series now that Miami has stolen one in Denver? I don't – personally, I didn't, I didn't think they would. I thought that, you know, maybe they would get game three or four at home and Denver would come back home to close it out maybe. Uh but you know, at the very least, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're at least going to have a game five now. Uh, so, how do you guys feel about the series now that that again that Miami uh, got one in Denver? Well, to be fair, I think I believe I said Nuggets in six instead of Nuggets in five. So you did, uh, and so uh, I, and in my heart, like I as of course I talked about, I want the Heat to win. They could probably, I, I would be happy to be wrong about this one and see the Heat win this with championship. I'll be perfectly happy with that. Um, and, and I'm happy to see them have one again in, in Denver. That was my biggest concern. I didn't think they would get one in Denver uh, between, obviously, the quick turnaround after Game 7 uh, compared to the rest that Denver had, having to go play in that altitude. Um, and then just Denver, you know, on paper being a better team. And uh, so that that concerned me. Um, but certainly, you know, the way they came out of Game 2, um, you know, Max Struess hitting the shot for he hit in the yeah. first quarter, hit four, four threes in the first quarter, I believe. Because uh, the way Miami shot, in, you know, in Game One, I, I just I knew that wasn't gonna hold up. I mean, they you know they they only shot two free throws the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they went what uh, two and they went two or three threes the game the whole game, four threes out of out of thirty. Four was, threes. Yeah, it was something atrocious like that. So I was like, you know, that's that's not gonna hold up. You know, that, that's that's gonna get back. You know, they they certainly flipped it completely the other way this game. I think they shot right around fifty percent from three. Um, in this one, so uh, I was I was happy to see it. Um, still hoping to be wrong, but right now it still does kind of track for for Nuggets and six. Um, you know, depending on what Miami is able to do at home, um, if they you know I they keep up the high shooting, and uh, you know their defensive scheme continues to work, which I found interesting. 
Um, just kind of, you know, letting Joker have his way scoring-wise, but taking away his, his, uh, his ability to make passes and, and uh, really get other, you know, teammates involved. So uh, I'll be curious to see how, how they're able to adjust to that. But, uh, we'll you know, we'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm with you, Nick. Um, look, I'm I'm not surprised that the Miami Heat actually stole this one in game two. I didn't know would it be game one or two. I leaned toward uh, predicting that the Nuggets would go up 2-0, but I did say when they get back to Miami, watch out. The Heat aren't just going to lay down. I don't think they're going down 0-3. I don't think they're getting swept. And they've already took a game here. They've already stole one. I don't think that's going to be their only win. I don't think that's going to be their last win. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I said last week I've, I'm slick rooting for the Heat to win this series, even though I have said many times on this show that the Nuggets are the old Spurs, and I think that they're going to win championships, and I think they have the the championship mentality. They, they have the right build. Everybody plays good basketball, good fundamentals. Everybody does their job, and they are the best. But the Miami Heat just don't lose. They figure it out. They figure it out. You may see them at their worst. You will not see that two nights in a row, two games in a row. I haven't saw that yet. I, Eric, Spolster, Eric Spolster has his team well prepared just as much as Mike Malone. Mike Malone did say that he thought his team lacked effort. They definitely did defensively. Michael Porter Jr. was terrible on defense on the perimeter. A lot of shots that, that got uh, Vincent going, gave Vincent going, was Michael Porter just not being where he should have been. Too many breakdowns, too many blown assignments. But, yeah, shout out to Eric Spolster. We give him his, his flowers every chance we get, and I'll do it again. Inserting Kevin Love in the starting lineup in game two, which I knew he would. Uh, it, it, playing Bam, uh, putting Bam, uh, he's part of the offense as well. He had a great game one, but he had an even better game two, even though he didn't have as many points or stats. They might have not looked as good as game one, but he got the buckets by the rim versus game one where he was more 15, 20 feet out. Bam's and no joke. Shout out to Gabe Vincent. Who? Gabe Vincent. Yes, sir. Gabe Vincent balled out. Gabe Vincent is the reason why they got back into this thing now. Let's not get it twisted. Jimmy Butler has not yeah. been great in this finals yet, but they have two games coming up in South Beach. But as of now, yes, Gabe Vincent got them in this game. They didn't, they weren't blown away yet, but you just kind of felt like, all right, guys, you better make a shot. You better, you better, you better get some stops and make a few shots here, or you're about to get blown out of mile high. And very Jimmy was great when he needed to be last night. Uh-huh. I will give him that. He was. He was oh, yeah, no doubt. I'm just saying he hasn't been great, but I mean, game two was much better. Yeah. Even when he you didn't score, you haven't gotten the, the statistical explosion like you got in the in the Miami series. Yeah, um, I think in, in what was it, whoever they played next. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, that said, I meant the Milwaukee series. Did the Knicks? And, uh, I can't remember. Did the Knicks? In the Knicks series, yeah. Yeah, you haven't gotten those those kind of you know statistical explosions, um, but you you definitely got you know greatness from Jimmy in moments when you, when you needed it. Yeah, um, no he, doubt. He had a couple of big shots last night. You know, yeah. late in the fourth quarter. To kind of keep you know keep that thing on ice, even though it, it got us, it got a little iffy. And then the other great thing that he's done so far, this you know, well, particularly last night, is he was the main defender on Jamal Murray. Um, so you know, kept him at eighteen points. Yes, I think he had ten assists. So you know, certainly you know, of course, never have to facilitate more, which is not what the Nuggets are used to. They're used to those passes coming from Joker. He 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 had some some huge assists 
uh, on game one also. And, yes, he did defend uh, Jamal Butler, I mean, Jamal Murray, and that was the reason why Murray uh, struggled a little bit or he took him a while to get back in the groove of things. He was looked like he was about to tear it up toward uh, the end of the second quarter. But, man, Miami came out strong in the third, and they had a good fourth quarter, and they've done that quite a few times in this postseason. So, yeah, I just – Kudos to the Heat. I'm not surprised. Putting in Kevin Love to add some size down low on the perimeter. Now you have to come out and protect. You have to actually guard him in his shot. You can't leave Kevin Love open. You can't leave Martin open either. But Caleb Martin just, they give up a lot of size in Miami uh, to the Denver Nuggets. And when you bring Kevin Love in, that helps. That changes things now with uh, Aaron Gordon. And uh, he's going to have to defend. And it's making him work a little bit more. Uh, then Caleb Martin coming in, and if he's on, and they were all pretty good. They shot very well from three. Now, I know some people are saying the Miami Heat can't continue to shoot like that from three. And and they still barely won, and they shot as good as they did at three. But I would say this. <laughs> there's been a lot of games where they've shot really good from three more than games than they didn't shoot mm-hmm. well. So I would say that, man, this is how they got here. Eric Spolstra, good adjustment. Now it's Mike, it's Mike Malone's turn in this chess match. Can't wait to see how game yeah. three is going to go. Do you guys think that the Heat will will take both games? <laughs> or do you think that that's just, hey, they stole one, one game at a time, Nuggets are going to get it, get their home court right yeah. back or what? Yeah, well, I think the, the, the important thing to mention is that um, there was a time where I looked at the score and Denver was up. I want to say like 12, maybe. <clears throat> uh, and then I checked the score again, like third quarter, and they're up like, I think like 10, 12 points again. And then I look at the fourth quarter, and like Miami was once again battle back. And mm-hmm. even if the Heat don't win the championship, that is their story. They don't give up. No, not at all. That team will fight you into the last second, the very last whistle, until the buzzer goes off and the, and the, and the lights turn red on the clocks. Uh, and if you are not prepared to do that, you will lose a game like like game two because while while Denver is asleep, uh, Miami is getting everything they want. They're, just, they're clawing, they're fighting, and then you look up and now you're down ten. Yeah. So that's what that's what people need to realize about the Heat team. They are not as talented as a lot of teams that they're going to play against. But good coaching, good basketball, and toughness will get you through a lot of games. Uh, and it's getting them through this game, through this series right here, from the from the, uh, from the appearance of it. Now, I still think Denver will win. I'm like Nick. Now, maybe this will go six. Heck, it might even go seven. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, I, you know, with the way with the way with the way Miami played yesterday and, and got a game in Denver. Not only it's not only just a, a home game for Denver. Uh, it's also a home game against all of the. A lot of teams don't really have a real home court advantage in, in a sense of. You know, I always say that the, the court's the same size. The rim is the same height. Uh, everything is regulation. The three-pointers is the same distance. All the angles are the same. You know, it's not the same. That's not like baseball or football where you might have turf or field grass or you know, the right field wall in Yankee Stadium, which I hate, is always short. And they always have a great left-handed here. But anyway, the point <laughs> is Denver is one of the only teams in the NBA that, in my opinion, has a real home court advantage because of the altitude. Uh, so through all of that, Miami still got a win in. That says a lot about their toughness. Uh, and now they're going to go back home to Miami, which, you know, <laughs> we'll, I don't know what their home court advantage is, but I'm sure it's, it's something, you know. Um, 
But if, but for them to be able to get that win in Denver, that says a lot. That says a whole lot. So uh, Denver better be ready, better come out ready to fight because Miami. And, and, and the thing is that Miami doesn't have anything to lose. If they lose the finals, they lose the finals. They're, they were supposed to lose. Yeah, and and what makes this even more what makes this even more uh, incredible to me, in my opinion, is that they came off of what a few days off after the Boston series that went seven games. Not saying they, they should like but they, they they only had like two days off, and it, the Nuggets almost had two weeks off. So for them to still come yeah. back, uh, you know, with on spaghetti leg, and still was able to okay, we dropped the first game, we were bad. Yeah, they got their legs back. Game two, boom, they got mm-hmm. it. So and and, and, what, and what they can really hang their head on Miami is that they just shot terrible in the first game, and they didn't have any free throws. And that's why I knew, or that's right. why I wasn't surprised that they won game two. Because that's all I saw. Uh, the okay, well, well, let, me ask you this, let me ask you guys this. If you, are, if you are Mike Malone, what do you have to do to come in and change things to get game three? Even though they only lost by three points. But I feel like it was a very bad game for Denver. Now, it's a bad game and you lost, but you lost. So what do you do? What, what, what adjustments do you make? Well, he, he may try to move Jokic. Uh, he may bring him out of the paint. He may let him facilitate a little bit more running. You know, he can he can he can play every position. He can play point a little bit, facilitate the offense, and they're gonna try to come up with something like that maybe to keep uh, them from trying to trap or or do anything, uh, take away anything inside, or just let you know him do what he does inside. And we're gonna take away everything off the perimeter. You know, make these shots difficult. I think they'll try to move him around though, so he can get other people going because his forty doesn't seem to move, you know, to go well for the Denver Nuggets. I think they're like zero and three this postseason mm-hmm. when Jokic scores a forty piece or, or better. That's right, and he That's did correct. score a forty or, or better uh, in game two, and it resulted in a loss. So, uh, look, as good as he is. Great strategy by Eric Spoelstra to say we're going to let him have it, but Bruce Brown was not that good. Uh, KCP was pretty bad, uh, and we don't get to say that much, but the role players did not show up. The defense was much better. Uh, T, you were saying something about the zone. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, of course, Miami plays a lot of zone. Mm-hmm. They play a lot of zone. How do you guys feel about that? Because I know a lot of people, but Monty Jones is one of them who used to, and it irritated me. It's just stupid to me, but. Mm-hmm. Um, who, and he is somebody who, to me, doesn't really have a lot of bad takes. To me, that's one. But he had a, he, he has very few bad takes. He's a, he's a brilliant brother, but he used to always have this hashtag that says "zone is for cowards." That's, I'm not a coward if I'm saying, "Hey, you can't you can't beat this," so I'm going to do it until you find a way to beat it. That's not that's strategy. That's, that's the reason why you have coaches. Otherwise, there's no point in having coaches. You just pick and roll your way through everything. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, you know, of course, I was stating earlier that. I'm tired of seeing pick and roll with every single play. I I am glad to see some zone, man, and to make make teams have to strategize, make make coaches have to coach, and to make offenses have to run some offense as opposed to just coming out, hey, this guy is better than your guy, and I'm going to pick and roll and get him on the weakest matchup, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, there is something I can do about it. I can play the zone. Can you shoot? All right, because that's the way you beat the zone is you got to shoot your way out of it. Guys got to be able to make shots. And so, uh, you know, well, you know, when you look at it that way, the guys that they have that make shots generally make them off of the off of the the off of the space that's created by the Joker and by his passing ability and, and the pick and rolls that they run with Jamal Murray. And so, when you know, we take that away, now these guys have to be able to create shots on their own, and that's not mm-hmm. something that everybody get to you know get to really be able to do. Right. Um, 
And so that's that's where Denver's struggling. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how they adjust. Um, you know, they definitely have to run a lot more off-ball action to get guys shots maybe, to get guys some easier shots and get them in rhythm and be able to try to force Miami out of that zone um, in order to, you know, be able to kind of get back to the offense that you're more comfortable in. So, yeah, we'll see what they can do. But, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting – Interesting adjustment to try to make. I think Spencer did a great job um, with the Kevin Love and certain. I think one of y'all mentioned that a little earlier, but um, that was yeah, that was that was definitely a great call. Uh, it's it's really incredible. I suppose just finding ways to use you know everybody that he's got and every and everybody that he's got is willing to go in and fill fill the roles that they're asked to do. Uh, I think that's you know if nothing else, one of the one of the best marks of a great coach is being able to get everybody to buy into what you're selling. And be able to execute it to you know to the best of, of of their ability. I mean, you know, these are guys again, as we mentioned, you know, Kevin Love obviously was once a big force in the league, but I mean, it's been years since we've seen that uh, LeBron's fault. And uh, you know, other than that, you got a lot of guys that weren't drafted, uh, Jimmy and Bam uh, and, and Tyler Hero, you know, who's, who hasn't even played, and he may be coming back soon. I know there's been yeah. some you know some respark rumors about his return. Uh, you know, I haven't heard anything as as pertains to Game Three just yet. But uh, if, if he got back, if he got back and, and the Heat were to win Game Three, I feel like things get very interesting at that point. Now, now if, you, if you're Denver, you're looking at a must win in Game Four. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I just want to before we wrap this one up, I just want to say that that zone it's not only meant though for you to shoot your way out of it. You can also, and it's very. It's, it's not easy, but you can find those creases in those open lanes near the basket, and you could get some buckets that way. I think they'll find a way to try to get more points inside and get through those creases if they can. If not, I can see them shooting their way out of it too, but not good enough for, for Miami to stay out of that zone. So I think basically the only way, well, the best way I think for the Miami Heat to win this series, the best chance they have, is basically based on them making shots. Because their ability to knock down shots, they can get back on defense and get into their zone. They can't do that when they miss. So it's all about them knocking the shots down. They done that game too. It resulted in a win. If they do that when they get back home, it's going to be another win probably. I think that they'll split in Miami. Um, but I won't be surprised if Miami gets game three as well. And then game four, Denver says, all right, enough of this. Jokic may have to put up 50. Murray may have to put up 30, but they'll find a way. And I think either way – it may be tied still. I'm sure it'll still be tied. We hope anyway to see a good series when it comes back to Denver for game five. Uh, also, the Miami Heat may get Tyler Hero. How you say it? Tyler Hero? Hero? Tyler Hero, yeah. Hero may be back on game three. They're going to try it. They've been working it out. His hand, I think it was his wrist or hand that was broke. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been in shoot-arounds. They think he's good to go. He may not be 100% clear, but he's good enough to play. I don't know if it helps or hurt the Miami Heat inserting him back in the lineup, but against this loaded Denver Nugget roster, you probably got to give him a shot. You know, try it and see what happens. It may definitely help. We'll see. But look to see Hero back in game three or game four before they leave Miami. All right, T, what else we got? Congrats to the uh, Miami so, Heat, though. They're still rolling. They're, uh, they're absolutely, not dead. Absolutely. Hey, they're still fighting. That's so right. we're going we're gonna to transition a little bit from uh, basketball into football. There's been just just a little bit of news. Uh, of course, D-Hop is still unsigned. Uh, do you guys you guys have any any inclinations about that? Where he, are we still saying Chiefs? Is that, is that, are we all on the Chiefs, as, as Berman used to say? Well, I'll say that I am – 
I, yes, I still think that's where he'll sign. I think they probably already agreed to terms on the low behind the curtain, and they'll open the curtains and pull him back. Uh, training camp. That's the that's the report now that he's going to make his mind up on where he will sign by the first week of training camps as they get ready to get open. But that's not till late July. So we still got a month, month and a half before he makes his decision maybe, but I think he probably already has. Now I will say this. It's not out of the question that he can reunite with Deshaun Watson. It's also not out of the question that he can reunite with the Houston Texans. Watson's not with the Texans anymore. He's in Cleveland. He could be a Brown or he could be a Texan. I have been on the record to say that the Houston Texans would draft Bryce Young. Check. They also got the pass rusher. Check. Didn't know they get both. If these guys, if these guys, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, C.J. Stroud and uh, Will Anderson. They got the quarterback though, and I said that they probably could add. DeAndre Hopkins, if this quarterback is as good as they think he is, they've got a running back. I think the running back is pretty decent. They may be set. Defense will be better. D'Amico Ryan is not going to be a loser in Houston. I'm not saying D-Hop is going there, but it's not out of the question. We see that D-Hop, we asked last week, was he chasing the ring or the bag? It seems like he's chasing the damn bag. So, hey, Houston can meet all of his – all of his expectations, money financially, and the Buffalo Bills are officially out too, Terrence, uh, just to remind yeah, everybody, because the Bills said that they couldn't meet uh, DeAndre Hopkins' demands financially um, because they signed Ed Oliver for one. They, they, knew, they, they knew they were going to sign him, yeah. And I was, and I was about to say, with, hey, as aggressive as um, as aggressive as the Texans were uh, during the, in the draft, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't go after him. Yeah. They, they they are they are they are rebuilding, but they are also they are rebuilding to win right now. To reload, we never yeah. know. They may have another one in the chamber. Nick, what's your thoughts on it? It's, I, I don't see any way he goes back to the Texans. It's, it's just, I mean, I, I understand the Texans are trying to do something. I, I wish the best for Demico. I'd rather he I go just, back to the Texans. <laughs> How about that? Um, we we would probably rather he go back to the Texans, though, right? Versus Kansas City. Oh yeah, yeah. As opposed to Kansas City, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know what? Well, I say, I mean, I, I want the best of the house. Don't get me wrong. So now nah, I wouldn't necessarily want to go to the Texans, but um, I, yeah, I'm going to I Kansas mean, City. I mean, if he wants to go there, I ain't got no problem with him going there. If that's what he wants to go, let him go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he's growing. He do what he wants. Yeah. I mean, that, I would much that, rather that, him that go there. Yeah. That just seems kind of a waste. I mean, it's not like you know you probably really care too much to be honored by a franchise or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they're not, you know, on the cusp of really achieving anything, you know, while you still really got your legs left. So, uh, you know, the Chiefs obviously are, are the best answer, I think. Um, he's probably he waiting on he, He's probably just he wants to come to Philly, I'm, I'm sure we'll be happy to make room for him. <laughs> I'm sure. Our wide receiver room. I mean, that, that's one of the, you know, one of the quarterbacks he talked about. So, you know, I, I'd be glad to make room for him. Uh, you know, if he went to the Ravens, I'm sure you'd be glad to make room for him. Or oh, absolutely. Uh, there's, well, in, that, in that locker room, there's already room for them. They don't have to make room, uh, respectfully. But, uh, no disrespect to take it. Right, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, there's definitely some options where, you know, he may get his money and also, you know, compete with legit compete for a championship. Um, you know, maybe the Jets even, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. Or, you know, the Bills say they out. But um, if the price was right, I'm sure they wouldn't be out. So there's that. Uh, you know, like I said, for me, D Hop is still one of those. 
uh, top flight type, type of guys, that receiver. So, uh, you know, the market, it, it seems weird that I don't seem to hear as much of a market for him, but maybe it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, we've made it known to you that we're interested. And uh, that may be basically 28 other teams that are saying, hey, if you want to come here, let us know what you're looking at, and, and we'll see if there's something we can work with. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'll be curious to see when he does come out with it. Um, but right now, I, I still say the Chiefs are, are the obvious right answer. Okay. Unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm still rolling with the Chiefs, man. I just I think it's the best it's the best case scenario for him. Uh, maybe he won't get all the money that he's looking for, but he will get something, and it's a, it's the best way for him to, you know, have this one this one year prove it to me type deal. Um, so I'm 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 rolling with the Chiefs on that. Uh, moving along, uh, my Ravens made a little bit of a signing today. They uh, ended up with Nick. Did you play with Laquan? Did, I mean, did, were you at school the same time Laquan was? I was. I was at no, no, no. He was after me, I think. Okay, okay, yeah. So of course, my Ravens did go out and sign a uh, former Rebel, uh, Laquan Treadwell, and <laughs> I, I definitely wasn't on the team with him. He, I, I may have been there. He might have been there like 2013, and I graduated 2014. So, okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, so I mean, not not a not a huge signing. I just I'm always ecstatic anytime uh, my team adds a receiver with even a little bit of speed. <laughs> so yeah. I think I'm turning into Al Davis. I just like speed. Yeah. Oh wow. Looks like you ought to be turning into Al Davis, but in that aspect, yes. he did love the speed. Hey, hey, hey if you were fast. You would get drafted first or second by that man in time. Oh, in in other NFL news, remember last week we did remind everyone that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, may not play. There's a chance. Now, he he definitely could, but there's also a chance that he may miss some time or may miss the entire season. He had to have another foot surgery back in March, and I guess he missed the deadline, and he failed a physical. Now, that failed physical oh, no. can lead to him uh, losing money. There's a, there's a waiver somewhere in the clause uh, with the foot. There's some stuff going on with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he may not mm-hmm. play as a Raider. There are rumors, and Tom Brady has, again, s- stepped up and spoken out and said, I am done. I'm retired, y'all. I'm not playing for the, for the Raiders. Okay. I told you this, Well, you did, Nick. And, look, again, I'll believe <laughs> it when I see it. No. If if week one, <laughs> if they start playing football week one and Tom Brady is not on the NFL roster starting at quarterback, then I'll believe it. Week two, same thing, I'll believe it. But, like, we literally have not missed a week or a game without Tom Brady yet, except for the postseason. He hasn't missed yeah. any time yet. So, when he misses week one, then I'll believe it. Uh, but in other, in other news Anna? regarding to the Raiders, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, is still a, a Titan. Some people thought that he would get – cut by uh, on June 1, which I thought he would. The post-June 1, there's a lot of reasons why teams cut. It saves a lot of cap money or cap hit for that matter, and uh, I thought that he would be traded by now. He has not. But if Garoppolo can't play for the Raiders, the Titans are willing to pull the trigger. The Raiders and the Titans have discussed it, and Tannehill could be the Raider, and he could be the backup uh, plan for the Raiders because they don't really have a lot of other options. This is sad for the Raiders, but uh, we'll see. Maybe Garoppolo can play, but Poor Devontae. He's got to be saying a lot of things right now. I wish we could hear them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's that's all I had. I just wanted to put that out there, too. All right. You guys, you guys are um, uh, almost excited for the pending training camp. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, look, I and we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, too. I, I got a bone to pick with Nick. Um, I, I I have a – I've been saying this for a while, but I, I want to throw it right at Nick because I know Nick is a COVID guy. Nick, how you feeling, man, first mm-hmm. of all? Uh-oh. I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, I'm about to come at you. Uh, it, 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 it wasn't too Monday of a Monday, so I'm, I'm good. I agree with that. It was kind of a Tuesday-ish Monday. It was yeah, a little, little bit Tuesday-ish. Yeah. So I, I got a question for you, Nick. Who was the greatest athlete ever to wear the number twenty-four? I mean, you know who the answer is for me. I, I know who the answer. I know who the answer is, not just for you, but I know who the answer is. I mean, it's, it should be the answer for everybody. The answer is Kobe Bryant. The answer is Ken Griffey Jr. How are you gonna speak for everybody else? <laughs> right, because, it's, because, it's, because it's the right answer. It should be Kobe for it's everybody. Like, okay, it's like asking what color the sky is. It's blue. It's, it's not right always. Answer. It's not blue so, right now. So sounds oh, like true, but... sounds like we have a great debate because Terrence just said it's. <laughs> Terrence just said it's Ken Griffey, and he was a bad he was a badass twenty four also. What do you have to say Very to that? Very much Nick? so. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not much of a baseball guy, um, but obviously I'm aware of the impact of of a Ken Griffey. Um, that being said, even in the in the baseball players that I've heard of, yeah, I guess yeah, uh, baseball players I've heard of, Griffey's probably in the top five. I, I would probably go with that. So I mean, he's okay. He's well, let me ask you this, Nick. Let me ask you this, Nick. What, what year were you born? I know I'm a little bit older. I'm not that much older. But what? What? what when were you born? 1990. 1990. So yeah, man, you were, you know, you were right in the thick of the, uh, <laughs> right in the thick of Junior's heyday. Uh, you know. Oh yeah. And I, I played a little bit. Of, uh, he had a, he had a game on uh, Nintendo 64, I believe. He did. Yeah, I, I used to play that with my cousin. Now I, I, I was from there. I knew who Ken Griffey was, but I just wasn't much of a baseball person. Right, right, right. That's how good well, he look, was, I, though. I, casual I, I fans like knew. This. Yeah. In the nineties, baseball. You have to keep in mind, baseball was worse than it is right now. Baseball was pretty much done. It was, it was dead to rights. Uh, and then you got Ken Griffey, who is this electric. Um, He's got a different look to him. He's cool. He's got the swag, and like everybody's gravitating towards this guy. He is a, a, a anybody in, in, is, that's in marketing is going to look at these guys like you know what billions of dollars, right? Uh, he's making all the plays every night's a highlight. Whether he's smacking a home run and and, and taking four or five steps, you know, kind of nonchalant walking, or if he's making the great defensive plays, you're talking about ten ten gold gloves. I think ten straight gold gloves before Andrew Jones came along. Uh, and would have been the youngest to 500 home runs, but of course, you know, in, injuries hit him. Um, but I don't think baseball has ever had a more. This is this is everybody. I don't think not just not just the people in the 90s or the early 2000s or 80s or whatever. I, I want to say the probably all of baseball. I don't think there's ever been a more exciting player. Uh, unfortunately, and 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 this might be where you where you might have the edge, but. We'll, we'll see. Well, I, I think baseball has always had an issue of marketing their uh, their talent, and I think they've had an issue. Where, where the NBA at, at the same time this is going on with King Griffey, the NBA is absolutely crushing the marketing with Jordan, and a lot of people say that that's the reason why he's considered the greatest is because of the marketing. Uh, but he I'm, he put out a good product too, so 
but Junior, to me, wasn't marketed as well, and he was never on the biggest stage because he never made a World Series. And it's hard to make a World Series when you got the doggone Yankees over there winning four and five straight. Uh, so, of course, we never got to see him there. But, man, dude was electric. I, I, like I said, there was I don't think there's ever been a player more exciting. In the history of baseball, in the 150, 60-year history of baseball, or however long they've been around, that has been more exciting than the kid. And another reason why I will give you um, that he was probably a better 24 was that you got to keep in mind Kobe's first half of his career when he was when he was as a, as as at his athletic best he was wearing the number eight when he won the dunk contest. Um, you know his first what the first uh, three peat with with Shaq with well, only three peat but the three peat he was wearing number eight. Um, when he, by the time he wore twenty four he was still a very very great player. Then then he was actually the Mamba, but I don't think that those were his most exciting years and I don't even know if they were they were his best years in the sense that you know he led that team but man I will give you that MVP and he won his one MVP good for him (laughs) Uh, (laughs) we're gonna do that first off we we know he deserves about three you know he deserves at least two others let's stick let's stick with the facts Mr. Ely let's stick with the facts all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I, I'm going to say Mr. Ely. But I just think Kobe's most exciting years were wearing number eight. Now, yeah, I think he was, that's, that's he was a better player. He was mm-hmm. a better player at 24, right? Like, he, you could tell that he he was a student of the game and he knew the game. But, man, that number, that eight Kobe was, was slamming on people. And, you know, he was he was kind of obnoxious, but that's what he was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just don't. I just don't think that with him playing half and half, I can't give him over over the juniors over the sure excitement that Junior caused all the young black kids in the nineties because he had everybody wanting to play baseball for a minute. Oh five oh six was Kobe's last year wearing eight. I'm pretty sure, and yeah. that was eighty one point game, sixty two and three quarters, all all of that nonsense. 30, and, he had, and, and, he, and he had number eight then, right? That was his last year wearing eight. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so what what was his what was his best game at 24? His best game in 24. Or his ooh, best game wearing wearing number 24. Ooh, you could go game. What was it? Game six against the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. Okay. You could go. Uh, you could go 60 point hours in the finale, and that's not his best. That might be the the most you know. Glorified or whatever. Iconic. Right, right, yeah, but that would be his best one. Um, You could go, let's see, what was was the one when they beat the Magic? You could go game one. It was the same year. You go game one against the Magic. Um, You could go game seven against Boston. No, you can't. No, you can't go there. No, you can't go there. It was terrible. From a scoring standpoint. It was one of his worst. Huh? It was one of his worst games ever. Don't put that game in yeah. there at all. Scoring wise, scoring wise, yes it was. But he also what else did he do, Nick? Shooting percentage also. He was like five and twenty four. Wait, hold on. He said scoring wise. What else did Kobe do? <laughs> he got like fourteen rebounds in that game. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, the ball, the ball bounced right in his hands. He was he was five. He was like five and twenty twenty four from shooting from the field though. He was pretty bad. Yeah, he got his own. He got his own rebound. 
Yeah, I but, think that but, series, I think that series he had against the Suns with this with the closeout when he uh, when he hit the shot over Grant Hill and tapped Elvin right. Gentry. I think that was a twenty four game. Uh, he, he he had a couple. I, I, well, I right. pulled a couple here, more. Here, now here's here's a problem with all of that. Uh, none of that is more exciting than what Junior did at twenty four. It's not excited more exciting than him and his dad hitting back to back home runs. It's not as exciting as him stealing the ball from his dad in the outfield and, and, and throwing somebody out at home. It's not as exciting as those fifty year or uh, those fifty home run seasons, forty home run seasons. The, the three home run derbies he won uh while wearing the number twenty four. Mm. Uh, I think he got a couple of MVPs in there. Uh led the league in home runs at least four or five of those years. His whole stretch of games up to him tearing his Achilles, the last like nine, ten games, probably was out of his. That, that was, if you remember that Toronto game where he hit those big threes, um, there was the Atlanta game when he dumped over Josh Smith. Uh, there was the the Brooklyn game when he dumped that's over. When he, that's uh, when he. That's when he hurt himself getting getting those guys into the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah, and and listen, I mean, it's his credit. I do hate that stretch. Probably was on another. If, if we had been healthy to play the Spurs that year, we was gonna beat the Spurs, bro. I'm telling people tell me I'm crazy when I say that. We was gonna beat the Spurs. Let's I'm stick to you. the facts, Mister Ely. I'm, I'm just, I'm just tossing out there. Drama you like a good judge. <laughs> judge Jeffrey's coming hey, a soon. Of, a lot of judge shows are popping up, man. Why not you? Judge Jeffrey's coming soon, man. I thought of it before all of these shows came about, but hey, you know, to do the lack of resources, but it's coming. Uh, <laughs> it right. is coming. Hey guys, what, what I, what I, this what is I a. I would say though, Terrence, it would be my or my over, overall argument against this is that for me, you're telling me Ken Griffey is, in essence, Allen Iverson, and for as great as Allen Iverson was. He's not Kobe no, Bryant. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> uh oh. No, Alan Iverson is not the most exciting basketball player he, of all time. He tried to set the trap for you, T, but you didn't fall for it. Yeah, no. Would, 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 listen, would, you, would you not put him in the argument? Uh, I would say I, he's one of the most exciting players that I've watched. He's, I think he's, he's saying that he's. Player of all time. I think, I, I think. Mean, just, I mean, one, one of them. I think King Griffin. What, what I'm telling you is that. Out of the 160-year history of, of Major League Baseball, and I don't think it's 160 years, but it might be more than that. It might be like close to 200 years. But as long as baseball has been around, I don't think baseball has had a, had a player as exciting as King Griffey at any point. Not just one of, at any point. Okay. So he's the, he's the Michael Jordan of excitement. I, I no, think he's for, damn near. No, for, for baseball, he was the Michael Jordan of... of, of he was damn near the Michael Jordan time. of baseball. Exactly the same time Mike was Jordan, he was the same thing. Yeah. What I was telling you was the only reason was that baseball has had, okay, for example, Mike Trout, right? You know who Mike Trout is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mike Trout, to the best of my knowledge, has never played a playoff game, and he has been the best player in the league for the past, like, 10 years. Where, where, would, you rank, where would you rank King Griffey in your, in your all-time players? All-time like, players? Like, if, you, if you're, being, if you're being objective about it, I mean, I gather that he's probably your favorite. So, like, if I was yeah, being subjective, so I, would, I, would, yeah. I would say Kobe's the best of all time. But objectively, I, I legitimately put him in number two. But here's the thing. Um, I, I'm going to always where put, would you put... Where would you put Ken Griffey? I'm going to always put Barry over Ken Griffey, uh, even though we know Barry's got, you know, his name tied into some things that <laughs> we don't really right. like to mention on this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, to, my, to my understanding, Barry Bonds is, is 
the greatest player in at least in at least in modern era. You know, you go back to Babe Ruth and and you know. Well, I would, I would I would say I would say Bear is better than Babe because Babe didn't play against anybody but old white men. And right. Not, and that, this is not me making like the plumber joke that people make against MJ. This is legitimately there were no black people allowed to play because of right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I don't even like to even include Babe in the argument because he didn't have to play against any of us, and we know that's totally different. But Babe was a talent, right? Babe pitched. People don't understand Babe was a starting pitcher, and he was uh, the, the best hitter in the, in the game. So, Which is my point I was about to make about Otani in just a second. But uh, as far as all time with Griffey, man, that's a rough one, man, because, you know, you got pitchers, and I want to give some of them credit. Um, but you're talking about a guy that won 10 straight gold gloves, so he might be the best defensive center fielder of all time. Definitely one of the best hitters. Man, he's got he's to gotta be either top five or top ten, and and in a in a almost two hundred year history, um, that's saying a whole lot. Of great professional hitters in, in in Major League Baseball, and I wouldn't yeah, put them behind I, too many other than. I, I wouldn't put them behind too many uh, hitters. I wouldn't put them behind too many. No, I, I would I would say Barry Bonds, Willie Mays was better probably. Uh, but he had you know he had a it's more. I think he had a few more home runs. But you got to keep in mind, Griffin's got six hundred home runs. And he missed like three, the equivalent of three, four seasons, yeah, uh, because of injury. Yeah, yeah. So and, you know, and, you're and talking again, about even if he only hits thirty home runs those seasons, Griffey really should be the the uh, career leader in home runs. And and no steroid, no nothing no, about no roids. And and, and, and that, no steroid and to allegations. Me that, yeah, to me that was his downfall. Not the lack of steroids, of course, but they always say that Griffey didn't train hard. Yeah. People will tell you that he didn't train hard. He didn't stretch before games. He was just such a natural, gifted athlete that he didn't need to do any of that. Or he, he thought he didn't need to do any of it. Ken Griffey, um, Ken Griffey Jr. to me was like the McGrady of baseball. And I'm not trying to discredit Ken Griffey at all when I say that. Y'all mm-hmm. know I think very highly of T-Mac. I think, that, I think that he was a guy that was underrated. Well, I wouldn't say underrated, but just not – giving the recognition or I don't think he always got his due uh you know the justice due for him on how great he was whether it was the team not being good all the time Seattle Mariners that's what we played for but he did it so good he made it look so easy every time I swear to God when I would see Ken Griffey hit a home run I would it would look like he put no effort little to none in that swing and it's 400 feet over the dam out of the stadium like damn it never and Frank Thomas, as big as he was, and I used to like the big hurt. I was a big baseball fan in the early 90s, mid-90s. He was a big guy, and it looked like he put everything into it when he was slugging, when he was slugging out out of the park. King Griffey, man, he just made it look so easy, and he had some fly shoes, and he was fly. And look, I think that T wins this debate here just because, not saying he's the best 24. Because I know Kobe is like one of the all-time greats, and but I think King Griffey yeah. is too in his own league and his sport as well. And I think that Kobe did have more memorable moments at number eight than he did at twenty-four. So because of the split of eight and twenty-four, I wouldn't. I think it's a great debate to throw King Griffey in there. Another guy that I want to throw in real quick, and I think we can pretty much wrap it up. My twenty-four. Not saying he's the best. He's not better than King Griffey or Kobe, probably. But somebody who also dominated his position in a game where there's 10 other men on the field, 11 other men on the other side, 
22 men on the field, it's not just I'm going to knock the home run out or I'm going to put the ball in the basket. And I got four teammates. This is 11 on 11. And this guy, a lot of times, is played one-on-one. It is position true enough, but he shut down some big guys. Number 24, Darrell Revis is my 24 because this guy at one point shut down the guys of Terrell Owens. Still wasn't the same Terrell Owens, but that's still T.O. He was still getting touchdowns. The year that he did it to him in Buffalo, Cincinnati, Chad Ochocinco, the next man up, very good at route running, didn't get in the end zone as much as I would wanted him to like T.O. and Mouse, but he got the catches, he got the yards. He shut him down. Andre Johnson, who was still a beast, still a dog, he shut him down. I think it was the 09 season where he went up against these guys, Moss, Tio, Ocho, Johnson, like, damn. And he shut them all down. There was one play where yeah. Moss got him, and I think that was in 2010 or 11. That was a one-handed touchdown. A one-handed pitch. touchdown, and I think Revis pulled his hammy or he act like he pulled something because he was embarrassed. But he was still running stride yeah. for stride with him on that play. It was just a hell of a play by a super freak named Randy Moss. But this guy and was and unbelievable. A throw by Brady, by the way. It's that, the, anywhere else, and that, that ball is not caught. Put it on the dime. It was a great throw. That's the only good play or catch that I think Moss had the entire game, though. Look. I don't think y'all remember that play quite like I do. It was a bad Moss play. A, it was a hell of a Moss play. Had like a, he had like a step or two on him. Okay, okay. It didn't have to be quite that hard of a catch. No, 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 no. You're right. He made made it look easy. No, you're right. He did have him. He did have a step on him. I'll give you a step. I don't know about two. That's why he. That's why he pulled the hamstring thing. Yeah. Put the burners on him. Yeah, but that's one. That's 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 one play. I'll give me that play, and we'll put that with Kobe's game seven in against Boston in the 2010 finals. All right, we'll call a spade for spade. Throw those two out. Darrell Revis was a. They called it. An island, whoever had to face him on Sunday, Revis Island. Nobody else got that name, not even Dion. So we're talking about 24s. I think if you want to make that debate on another day between Dion and Revis, we can do it. But some people may say that, hey, man, Dion was great, but he didn't go against, he didn't have to guard these guys right here, not in his prime. Terrell Owens was Terrell Owens just came in, Mouse just came in. Primetime was dealing with a toe turf and getting paid a lot of money from Jerry Jones, and he wasn't playing a lot of games at that time on the back end of his career. But Revis got to see these guys, and he saw a lot of them, and he handled his business. Now, I don't know how long you want to look at how good he was, but at one point he was dominant. And, I mean, just look at the numbers or listen to the numbers. He had 29 regular season interceptions along with three in the postseason, so that's 32. Uh, The guy played – in 145 games and started 142 of them. You know, who does that anymore these days? He still got over 400 tackles. Um, I mean, the guy was good. And, and and not even looking at the numbers, the guy was good. We saw it. 24, put you on an island. One thing about the Jets and one reason why they were able to beat Brady, one reason why they were able to beat Peyton Manning, the times that they did with Mark Sanchez at quarterback was because of guys like Darrell Revis taking care of the back end. Um, you know, you had the other guy on the other side, uh, whether it would be Antonio Cromartie or somebody like that. And then you had that front seven, Bart Scott and those guys. But, man, Revis held it down. Anything that happened, they took one side of the field away. Every offense did it because you had to take that side away. Wherever side he's on, we're not going there. Don't try it. If you did – 
Well, that's where he got those 32 at, you know, while he was at it. So give me number 24. I'm not saying he's the greatest 24 of all time, but I think that's a good um, – that's another good 24 to use for an example if we're talking about greats that wore that number. I would say right. Kobe's and, one. And, and, I would and, say Kobe maybe up, one A. Shout out to Willie Mays, too, King man. I, I don't want to uh, make it seem like we're overlooking Willie Mays. Okay. Uh, you know, while – King Griffin may have inspired, you know, a lot of a lot of knees out there and a lot of people. And I want to say this too. Uh Nick, you made the comparison of Allen Iverson. I would argue that King Griffin changed baseball the same way Steph Curry changed basketball. And those two actually have a very a whole lot of similarities. What's oh, most Steph of the data? I, I, I would give him that. I would give him Steph Curry. It's a much better analogy. Oh, 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 and now, not to now, mention. Now, now answer me this question, Terrence. Who okay. do you rank higher all-time player, Kobe Bryant or Steph Curry? Steph. Really? Yeah. What was the question again, Nick? I asked who he would rank all time, higher all-time as a player, Kobe Bryant or Steph Curry. Oh, Steph? okay. Okay. You think Steph is a better player than Kobe? He said it without hesitation, Nick. No, he hasn't said it for a minute. That took a minute. Okay, I mean, okay. I, I didn't. Nick, I didn't hear Nick, much hesitation. Maybe this, okay, Nick. Maybe this is the conversation. Maybe you and I are having like two different conversations, and okay. then maybe that's the issue. Because if you're talking about just better player, then maybe Kobe. Maybe. Maybe. But like, but like, if you're talking about like maybe. the inspiration, the the inspiration on the game, the 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 change, the the effect on the game. Like, I think Steph. Is probably the second on his MJ at that point. I mean, if you want to talk about in terms of how the game changed because of them, then okay, yeah, only because obviously we had a Jordan first that kind of paved the paved the way really for Kobe. So that's fine. But in terms of who was better at the sport, I mean, even if you want to call it close on offense, Kobe completely owns him on the other end of the floor. So I mean, there's there's no conversation at that point. Yeah, and I and I don't want to get into a Steph and Kobe debate, right? Like that's not what I'm talking about. But no, what I'm what don't. I'm telling you is what I'm telling you is the way Steph Curry changed the way the game is played. King Griffey did that, and probably even even on a higher level because um, he did it on defense and offense. Like I don't know if you've ever like seen some of the plays King Griffey made in the outfield. Have you have you seen any of those crazy catches out there? I have. Okay. Uh, yeah, man, like, dude was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Nick, I don't Absolutely see how you phenomenal. can argue with that. I know we got to get out of here and wrap it up, but I don't really see how you can argue with that part of it on how he, on who changed the game. I mean, we would say when Kobe was in his prime, if anybody shot from Steph Curry range, which didn't exist back then, the word or the line Steph Curry range, we would say that is crazy. Get him out of there. Put him on the bench. That was a terrible offensive position. Yeah. Now uh, actually, we expect actually, people uh, to make actually, that shot. Actually, I do, I do have the trump card. That's not what we said. You know what we said? What did we say? Kobe. Oh, now, <laughs> hey, 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 now I got you on that. You got. I, 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 always, I always say it, Jordan. But anyway, uh, <laughs> a lot of some people say Kobe, but yeah, yeah. I've, 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 I've never, I've never shot it. Anthony Davis literally did it in, in the in the finals uh, a couple years ago. They got him on tape saying Kobe as he shot as he shot the three to one the game for the Lakers. But yeah. many times, but many times, uh, most you, people. You gonna act, act like we didn't all grow up? We were, we went. Well, I was a teenager in the mid two thousand. I always said Jordan. Everybody around me said Jordan. I always like, I never, said. I've never. 
I've never shot anything to, to a garbage can and said Kobe. I, I never heard that until yeah, like a few years ago. I always said. See, you start doing it so with me. I always said Jordan myself, either Jordan or my own last name. Jeffries for three. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, yeah, I'd be saying Jordan. So there's but, an entire generation of people that are probably a little closer to my age. I know y'all a little older. There's an entire generation of people who shot paper balls in the trash can and yelled Kobe. Yeah. Like that's the generation of people that are going to be talking about. I agree. We're just yeah, saying we, yeah, we weren't yeah. one of those. But I do agree yeah, with you. Some and, people and say and I, want, and I want to say this before we get out of here. Now I will say that because I, I I really liked what Kobe was doing uh, after his career was over. I don't think anybody gave more to basketball outside of Kobe. Maybe maybe Magic Johnson, um, because he gave back a lot. Like he he would willingly share his knowledge to the Giannis and the, the Giannis's and the, and the Kyrie's and you know, anybody that would reach out. He would always be uh, he would always you know give them sound advice. Hey, Jordan ain't doing that. So like you know, hats off to Kobe for. Uh, for doing that, like he wasn't wearing twenty four then. Nicky didn't have a jersey on. But you know what though, you're right, Terrence. But at the same time, still, I gotta give some credit to Jordan for that because if he doesn't take those phone calls, because Kobe's blowing him up, he's trying to be a sponge. Hey man, how do you do this? How do you do that? He gave Kobe give, a lot though. Yeah, give Jordan some credit though for giving Kobe the game. And but and yeah. then Kobe was a. If Jordan doesn't do that for Kobe, Kobe has nothing to pass down to the rest of the the, the players, the the yeah. new talent yeah, that we see in the league. Yeah, he did give it to Kobe, though. But you're right. He definitely did not F with a lot of other people in the league when it came yeah. to that. Uh, he just wanted to beat your ass. I don't blame him, but, yeah, shout out to Kobe <laughs> for that. Still, still wants to beat your ass. Do it. Yeah. And one, and one more thing that I left out, though, even though I think maybe Kobe's a 1A and King Griffey's a good 1B as far as the number 24, or you could say that, to me, Terrence, Terrence got it for me as far as what he did memorable at that number versus what Kobe did with that number. But again, Darrell Revis, I'll say it again. Uh, he was two time first team, all big East when he was in, you know, uh, all time, first all time big East. What am I, what am I reading here? Okay. The New York jets. He was a New York jet ring of honor. Uh, he made the all rookie team, uh, NFL 2010s, all decade team. He's a seven time pro bowler. And I like the years of the pro bowls because he did it from 08 to 2011. And he also did it again you know, in two in 2013 through 2015. So he's a little older and he still was able to four-time first team all pro and he's a Super Bowl champion. Uh give it up to Darrell Reeves, man. He had a good career too. And if we watched it, that means more than anything that I just said stat-wise, because if you just watched, you knew. Man, this dude here is amazing, man. He did it. And again, just like King Griffey, no steroid allegations, no HGH, never suspended for PEDs, I don't believe. Pretty clean. Uh, so, yeah, give credit. Not saying that Kobe did anything either. But uh, to right, the 24s, right. I think those are all three uh, good legitimate players that wore that number 24. Uh, and also Mays as well, of course, Willie Mays. Uh, Champ Bailey is another number 24 that was just as good but not as dominant as Revis. But he locked it down too for a while just in a, in a different way. He wasn't just man press coverage. and Man, Revis could do it all. He, he could get with the guys that had the strength and could run routes and jam you. He could also run with you for the most part, except for that one play that we talked about with Moss. So uh, <laughs> some good 24s there. And, you know, rip to Kobe once again, the Black Mamba. Uh, rest in power. Absolutely. And, uh, King Griffey was amazing. And uh, so was Darrell Revis. All right, that's all I got um, pretty much. That's it for me, man. Uh, T, do you got anything else for us? 
Hey, no, that's it for me. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to uh, uh, my guy Manny Ramirez, who was twenty four in Boston. Uh, he he was definitely a big inspiration to me, oh, and yeah. one of the one of the proponents of that uh, that big oh what down three down oh three comeback for the uh, Red Sox against the Yankees. So shout out to Manny wherever he is right now, probably still juicing, but that's none of my business. <laughs> Not the juice. <laughs> juice. Mm-hmm. But we get out. Like, I get like, out. I guess I'll go ahead and ask y'all what do you what where do you think will be uh this time next week once we record again? Uh of course that'll be the night of game five, uh, which will be in Denver at seven thirty uh next Monday. So we've got game three and four between now and then. What what do y'all think the series score will be? We're, we're gonna be having a dis- we're gonna be having a discussion if we should wait till after the game so that we can talk about Denver winning the championship. Okay. I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm going to say the series is going to be tied at two. And, um, man, again, I won't be surprised if this thing goes seven. I so, 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 so closely want to lean toward Miami in seven. But um, I'm going to stick with Denver in six because Denver is the best, and they'll make they'll make the proper adjustments. But, man, he's as good as Mike Malone is, he's not going to outcoach Eric Spolster. I don't think that's going to happen. He has the experience. Jimmy Butler and those guys have been here. Keep in mind the Nuggets – They've, they've never been in the finals before. If anything could hurt them, it's lack of experience in the finals. Jimmy Butler's been there. Some of these guys, bam, bam. Does bam even look like he's breaking a sweat? He doesn't look like he's flinching. He's ready for this moment. Give him credit. This these is what's uh, sixth finals appearance? That sounds about right. Sixth or seventh, yeah. That sounds about right. Hey, man, I said that bam was, was going to do his thing as well. I think Nick was saying that. Of course, his height, I think he's about 6'9", you know, and that's about it. But, man, I don't know. You know, he plays. He plays good. He gets the ball in the right areas, the right moments. He gets a few assists as well, putbacks, rebounds. He's helping out. He's doing his job. And I always thought as good as Joker is, the Joker is not going to really just stop anybody either defensively. So I saw Bam getting his too. And it was better game too because he got those baskets closer to the rim. Um, mm. This is going to be a series, guys. Can't wait for it. We'll see what happens on Wednesday night. Uh, but that's it for me, man. Uh, I, I guess I would just ask y'all who you got in game three in Miami. I got well, I'm, I'm going to answer my own question uh, in terms of what we'll be when we, when by the time we get back next week. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. I've start, I started to have a thought. And my thought is I picked Nuggets in six. But I don't see, the, I don't see Miami – allowing the Nuggets to win a championship on their home floor. So that means one of a couple of things. Either it needs to be Nuggets in seven, or it would be Nuggets in five, if I was still picking the Nuggets to win. And I want to, I want to pick the Heat to win. So I think about the push it to Nuggets in seven, and with that, I think we will be tied at two uh, when we get back on the, on the air next week. Okay. Fair enough. Sounds good. All right. So, that's it. Uh, again, game two, real quick. Three, I mean, game three. The winner. Yeah, I got this. Miami. Come again. I got Miami. Denver. Okay. Nick's got Miami. Terrence has Denver. I am going to go with Miami on game three. All right, that's it. We, we're good. Ladies and gentlemen, the Great Debate Show, again, available wherever you get your podcast. Hit the follow button. You'll be notified when a new episode is up. We are out, and we will be back for more. That was a good debate with 24. Good debate with the Heat. 
Nuggets, we'll see what happens. A little football news. Uh, it was a great show. And more great debates to come. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody be safe out there. And peace. Peace out, guys. Get out.